0: One. Hey. Welcome in to the Lions' Den. Tom Hackett alongside Spencer the Gov Warn. Happy Monday to everybody. It is a Monday.
1: Happy Mondays. One of the greatest Manchester bands ever.
0: <clears throat>
1: Sean Ryder, Bez.
0: There are a lot of uh, good Manchester bands, aren't there? There are. The Beatles, one of them.
1: That's Liverpool. But, uh, you know, the greatest. What a, a... start. <laughs> what a start to the lion's den. <laughs> Congratulations on the ashes, Thank Tom. You. Let's, Thank go, let's go and do some cricket while well, uh, we can save it. Look, anyway, some save... Like,
0: some fella online started mouthing off at us, didn't he? Like, if you're going to talk international sports, you better talk rugby. Yeah. Well, how about this, fella? Shove rugby up the... Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh. Oh, It's Monday, there's no filter on Tom
0: Hackett yeah, And it's quite, well, it's not that early anymore But I woke up at a
1: reasonable hour I'm, I'm hoping uh, Tanya's not listening today
0: Tanya, um, I, I don't think we have to worry about Tanya I think we have to worry about her husband, um, Leroy
1: Lovely, and, and lovely fella.
0: Lovely fella. I shouldn't say worry. Worry's probably the wrong word, but uh, Leroy is uh, obviously married to the VP here at uh, Bonneville and is a big sports guy. He's a massive sports guy. Their, their son, Leroy and Tanya's son, Alex, is like, uh, he's really good. So I get a text from Tanya last Friday. Yes, Friday, because she took the day off and she was going to watch her son Alex play. You, like You would know the team Alex plays on. Because they beat the RSL Academy seven-one. Holy cow! Yeah, they're so he's it, that good. Yeah, apparently. Well, I haven't seen Alex play, but if if he's on the team, I think you have to be pretty good. They're like the number one or number two state in the entire region hmm. for, for Hitfuris age, uh, age group. So anyway, they. Um, I know Leroy more of an American football type of fella, but he's uh, come to grasp with the uh, world game as his <laughs> son. Alex is a. Uh, Excellent. Round ball fanatic.
1: Hey, we've got a bit to talk about. Well, we go, we, let's, let's, let's talk about the rugby, f- first of all. It kicks off. The w- Rugby World Cup kicks off on Friday. Japan versus Russia. My father will be in Japan. And then Saturday, your beloved Australia, the
0: Kangaroos against uh, Fiji. I haven't even looked uh, as to who's in our group, so I need I need to do that. But uh, Fiji are a, a dominant sevens rugby yes. outfit,
1: but when yes. it comes to Union... No, not, not, not great. Well, England on Sunday are playing Tonga, so they're going to come out of there absolutely black and blue afterwards. They're going to get battered. Tonga's batted.
0: pretty good. They're
1: going to get Tolan smacked Samoa around a little bit. Samoa can play, but Fiji, for whatever reason, can't play the union brand. So, I'm excited. they' Moving swiftly on. There's yeah. enough rugby for this one.
0: But there is a bit to talk about in RSL land. Mm. I don't know. I seriously. Uh, Tony, uh, big news. Tony Beltran retire- mm-hmm. retiring, or announcing his retirement at the end of the season, I should say. Um, Wonderful fella. Uh, just, and, and you know what? Uh well I'll save it cuz we'll get back to it. Uh obviously the 3-1 loss to uh
1: Minnesota. To Minnesota.
0: on the road was disappointing. Um and that'll take up the majority of the second segment of this show. We'll talk about Tony Beltran and a few other little tidbits here uh, finances as well I think is is worth a conversation cuz with Tony retiring um there's going to be money that opens up and mm-hmm. and uh well we're still paying at, at two individuals that I think Worth worth. To- we're not talking about necessarily, but just informing you as to who we're still paying. Uh-huh. You, you may well be mind blowing because Spencer brought it up to me this morning. I, I, I guess I forgot. I forgot about them. Quickly forgotten. But uh, Tony Beltran. Yeah. Spencer, what I was going to say, and then I'll let you um, hug the mic for a while because I've been chirping over here, but uh, coffee is well and truly hitting the bloodstream as we speak. But, uh,
1: <laughs> he's bouncing off the walls right so, now.
0: So, the, like, the the narrative, that's Spinner's chair, <laughs>
1: just in case you were all wondering.
0: Um, like, the narrative was super sad and depressing because he's retiring and and he's been at the club for 12 years and he, it's been his only club, um, which is something not many professionals can, can say, whether you work in the sports industry or not. You know, like, for me, I'm 27 and this is my second... Second job at a at a at a different at a different uh, company, so it's like mm-hmm. for twelve years at one company is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. uh, my point my point is when I was reading, by the way, if you haven't, you, ha- you you've got to go to rsl.com dot com to read it. It's this, it's a couple paragraphs long, but I wanted to keep reading. It was so well written.
1: Um, he's certainly got a future in uh, in writing or, or whatever he wants to do. He's incredibly smart, but yeah, it was a wonderful uh, wonderful piece.
0: I texted Nate, uh, the sports director here at, at KSLSports. dot com, and I was like, Nate, we we got to try and get this guy on board or something because he's probably going to live here, right? He marri- he met his wife here. She's I think from here, and they have a child now. Beautiful home, and anyway, my point is, uh, he's a terrific human. Um, He's a, he's a fantastic player when healthy, uh, but I think he's a better human off the pitch, which says a lot, because he's a very talented player at that, and so uh, we wish him all the best. Spenner, what were your uh, immediate thoughts when you read the, uh, the narrative?
1: Yeah, I was, you know, incredibly sad, first and foremost, uh, that he wasn't able to come back and play, because I think we've missed him. Uh, he's he's a wonderful right back, very, very consistent. Um, and, and, you know, as a one club man, you can't help but, uh, but love him. But as you said, you know, it, the guy himself, you know, whenever you speak to him, always got... A minute to have a chat with you um always a uh, good natured um i just think that uh, he's a massive loss to to the organization um what he chooses to do next whether that is stay with rsl if there is an opportunity there um if he wants to stay in soccer um that's that's entirely different but there, he is clearly talented um as uh, educated um and, and the first time i met him and i gave him a tour of the Rio Tinto Stadium when it was being built um, and and just chatting with him and, and getting to know him, you know as i said it, it's it's lasted with me for what ten years now uh, with regards to to how he uh, um, spoke to us as employees there at the club and performed on the pitch, you know never complained um, when he got dropped, um, always worked incredibly hard. And and I think he's a testament to anybody that wants to make it in this league, particularly the the academy players, the young players. I'd love to see him in, in and around um, because he is such a, a he's a true profesh- professional, as in physically he's a, he's a specimen, fitness wise, will run forever and and um and learnt that right back position um really really well and when he came into the league and and stayed there he was a central midfielder uh by trade uh in college and and you know i just think that uh, he's it's a massive loss but there is I guess this, it's, it's a handing over the mantle anyway, the the uh, the torch, so to speak, with Aaron Herrera, um, a, a young player that's taken over that right back's right back role, and I think he'll develop in. And if he has half the career that uh, that Tony Beltran has, then I think we've we've replaced him superbly well. But uh, yeah, I, I just I'm really excited for Tony. The only sad thing is obviously the, the retirement is it sucks, but it's the way he had to go out. It was a horrendous challenge uh, by a player that doesn't even worth mentioning on the, on the podcast. No apology to, to Tony. Maybe he'll apologize now that he's uh, that's had to retire. The, that's
0: the next step, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I guess step. so. Maybe it's two years too late. But it's just the fact that, that Tony got himself fit from that injury and, and it just just couldn't play anymore and couldn't reach the heights that he needed to, to reach. That's the sad thing for me, is that it was taken away from him. The decision was taken away from him of when to retire. It was, I have to retire. I, I just can't. Can't do this anymore. Your body knows. I, Absolutely. I,
0: um, well, I, I shouldn't say your body knows. For most people, uh, your body tells you. Others can uh, drag it out, but uh, we won't go there. Um, financially, Spano, we were talking mm-hmm. uh, briefly, but we can go more in depth about this. Uh, Tony Beltran will leave how many thousands of dollars in the budget for uh, next
1: year? Yeah, just just over uh, uh, $200,000 okay. from his wages. So I mean it's a sizable chunk for a -- I mean, to be honest with you, I mean a 12 year pro, um, a very consistent pro um, that started a lot of games for Real Salt Lake. Um, I think that's a, a sizable amount of money that, um, that Real Salt Lake can go out and if not improve Aaron Herrera's contract, um, but also get a, a left uh, back, a, yes a left back, um, or a right thank back you. Yeah, another right back as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and they left back for me. Thank you. Um, Nick Romando, he's retiring at the end of the season two, mm, so he's yeah. going to open up a chunk. We don't know the status or the future of Kyle Beckerman, but there is uh, obviously a chance. Um, and, and again, I, I don't know anything, so don't take uh, this as a hint or anything. I, I promise I'm just speculating here, as uh, I probably should not do. But regardless, Kyle Beckerman may... There is a chance he may retire at the end of the year. Um Depending on how the conversations go with with uh, front office and management and ownership, um, as the year comes comes to an end for Real Salt Lake, whenever that may be, and then uh, Jordan Allen's been out for a while now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He hasn't anna- has he anna- he hasn't announced anything. Has no,
1: he? I, I think you'll find some, I think there'll be something uh, towards the uh, the end of the season. He's about been out for so long. Um, you know, I think it's well documented that he's not in Salt Lake anymore. Uh, he's back in uh, the East Coast, New York area. So, <sighs> yeah, I'll wait for the official we'll confirmation. But um, that also frees up funds. Right. Um, and, and going back to Kyle Beckerman, um, wonderful player, wonderful captain. Um, 37 years old. Towards the start of next season, he'll he'll be turning uh, 38 in April. Um it's up to him. I, I, I mean, obviously, his contract is up at the end of the season. Um, I, I'm interested to see where what direction the club goes with. Again, it's going to be incredibly sad when Nick, obviously Tony, uh, and Kyle finally hang up their, uh, their boots. Um, but the club has to go on as well. And uh, right now we 're okay we 're doing okay, um, and but there 's sizable chunks or sizable uh, amounts of money that uh, that can be used to to bring in younger and and uh, i say more useful prospects um, to to round up that squad
0: and, and while Tony uh, and Nick who have announced retirement to the the conclusion of the season mm-hmm. Kyle hasn 't no not uh, at all not at all we 'll wait and see but but when when they all three eventually um, leave the the club, I think. Uh, most pl- For most fans, that's a very sad time, although it, it should be a celebration in my opinion. They're the last three remaining players on the roster right now that were a part of the, the glory days mm-hmm. to, to most RSL fans. And so what those three individuals have been able to accomplish while at the club has been extraordinary. They've brought an MLS Cup back to Salt Lake City, something no other professional team in in uh, the state has has ever been able to do mm-hmm. the jazz have never won an nba championship and so uh, and, and so they are highly regarded around the community and and have mm-hmm. been very influential um in many 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 different ways i mean you see the 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 youth sports at the minute and and how soccer is just flourishing um and you could argue that the success rsl had in Two thousand and nine, uh, really two thousand and ten as well. Uh, two thousand and eight was a pretty good year. So you know, there's a handful of years, um, about ten, ten or so years ago now, where these kids, the, these these men, I should say, uh, really influenced the youth, and uh, I think we're starting to see. Um, the ten-year-olds and the eleven-year-olds and the young adolescents thrive here in the state. You've got a couple kids yourself, at that play.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know, Carl Beckerman is is and and not just because of the dreadlocks back in the day, but he was really good. I mean, he was really good for the uh, as a U.S. men's national team player. He really was. He was really really solid. And, and again, a true pro. You watch him train. You watch Nick Romano train. You watch Tony Beltran train. Um, there's something, there's something different about those guys, and I, uh, it's the inner drive for them to be better players um, and bring championships and, and continue to, to play at that high level. When RSL were competing for conference championships, MLS Cup, uh, Concacaf Champions League, um, US Open Cup, we had it all. We really did, and. Um, Yeah, as you said, these are the last, you know, last three that are remaining and it it could well be Kyle Beckerman is the last, you know, um, memory that we have um, of of that championship team that will be uh, in an RSL kit next season. So um, torn. Absolutely. Uh, And I've gone through it with my own team and I'm sure you've gone through it in Aussie rules football when your favorite player. Retires or, or leaves the club, you know. I've gone through it with Stephen Gerrard, Kenny Dalglish, Ian Rush, John Barnes. I mean, geez, the, the amount of players that have moved on or age catches up with you, it waits for no man. But you have you have to move on. There has there, there are younger and better and fitter and more mobile players around. Um, Kyle Beckerman, by the way, is still doing a job, but you can see the difference between him and Everton-Louise. Everton-Louise has been an absolute godsend to that midfield compared to 2018 when it was Demir Krylak and Kyle. We look a lot better in the midfield um, uh, recently, I should say, with uh, with Everton uh, next to Kyle.
0: Everton's been yeah superb. We can get to that in a bit as well. Uh, you mentioned the World Cup. It was just 2014 when Kyle Beckham was making starts for the national team during the uh, during the stretch where... Uh, the u s made it to the round of sixteen uh, before losing to Belgium two one although that uh, game could well have been a lot worse for the u s Tim howard made i think thirty something saves that afternoon and, um, So
1: Chris Wondolowski, mr sitter
0: he did so uh, it was just Sorry, 20, guys. it was just two thousand and fourteen um, it wasn 't that long ago, you know mm-hmm. five years ago essentially since Carl uh, Beckman was arguably in his heyday, but no um the legs are slowly but surely going. Uh, look, Nick Romando's forty, um, and goalkeepers generally hit their prime somewhere around the age of thirty. So, like ten years ago, uh, whereas for for any other soccer player that's out there um, playing playing on the pitch and not playing as a goalkeeper, you know that traditionally speaking, thirty five is very old. For, yeah. for any midfielder. Oh, particularly, and,
1: particularly midfield, absolutely. You,
0: midfielders will hit their prime at about 25, or somewhere around there. <laughs> it, it obviously changes, depending on the player. But Carl is 38, and so uh, he's been doing this for a long time. There's no doubt he still has the passion. And, and it's worth noting, despite his his performance and his play not being what we're, we're used to seeing over the last couple of years, he certainly gives it everything he has. And uh, he's got to be the sweatiest man <laughs> uh, come the conclusion of, of any given 19 minutes, he is just dripping in sweat. So uh, you cannot fault his effort, but uh, leadership goes a long way. I think that's his best asset at the minute is Kyle Beckerman. Uh, we will take our one and only timeout. Coming back on the other side, we'll talk uh, the 3-1 loss, what went wrong. Uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, a few other results going in favour of RSL, oh, no, not all of them, and uh, it's worth a conversation, and, and the future, and the games left, and, and how we think RSL are going to fare. All that coming up right after this short message. Welcome back to The Lion's Den. Spence Warren, across from me, I'm Tom Hackett. Check us out on uh, Twitter, if you like, uh, at spenno underscore seventy seven, or uh, at Tom Can't Hackett. Why seventy seven, Spenno?
1: because I'm that old. That's my Why do you do that to yourself? God, it's a great number though. Seven seven, so cool. That's what. In, in, you know, uh, Andy Williams used to wear number seventy seven. On you know, it's it's just a great number. He was born in seventy seven as well.
0: Bomber. wearing seventy seven. Oh, it
1: was glorious.
0: In the heart of the midfield. Bat- he got.
1: loved... He's so good, as old bomber.
0: He is a very funny human. And uh, I don't know about <laughs> 77, though. I don't think I can get on board. I guess that's old MLS. Is, uh, well, you don't see that in Europe. Uh, all right, we'll talk about the disappointing result on the road. Uh, although there are a few excuses to be had for Real Salt Lake, which should make you feel better. And um, we'll look ahead to... The uh, remaining, jeez, handful of games now. Four. Uh, four games.
1: Yeah, Matt. It really is. its I can't believe how quickly this season's gone. I, I think it's because we've been, there's been so much drama. And we've been really good since the Gold Cup, the Gold Cup break, since uh, June 22nd.
0: Until yesterday, uh, which was Sunday, by the way. It's Monday now.
1: It's Monday now, apparently. Yeah.
0: But, you know, people listen to this throughout the week, so... We we should clarify. It is it is Monday morning when we are recording. There you go. There's a line for Drake. Um, all right. So three one spano. Um, yeah, it was crap. It was it was crap. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly rally off a few of the statistics and then I'll uh, hand things over to you to digest and discuss everything that you saw yesterday afternoon. Uh, shot tally in favour of Minnesota eighteen to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the possession however rsl in favor 61.4 to be exact percent to 38.6 corners uh, favored rsl 4 to 2 and at half time rsl had 3 to minnesota's none so um the shots on target however is uh, it's probably not all that alarming but but uh six shots in tar- on target for minnesota 5 for Real Salt Lake So in that sense They were able to get A few of the balls On target On frame It's just they weren't Able to capitalise There were chances Oh uh, there were
1: There were I mean uh, Vito Manoni Came up big uh, Against uh, Jefferson Savarino uh, That one on one there uh, Yeah Just brilliant RSL were undone By, by the uh, Counter attacking prowess Of uh, Minnesota United They were caught out Three times and I, I, the third one I can get, okay, because RSL pushing forward, trying to get the equaliser. I get it, whatever. 3 1, got caught, and, and it sucked. But um, the other two, yeah, we, we got sucked in a little bit. It was a, a bit naive from the lads.
0: There are a couple of things that I took away from this one, Spino. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. One is uh, Darwin Quintero is a force to be reckoned with. He is oh, yeah. uh, as talented as advertised. Uh, he may not well be playing in the MLS um, soon. I, I think he's talented enough to to play in Europe. Um, he's he's fast. He's He knows where to be. He doesn't give up possession. He finds teammates and plays them into space. And when he does uh, unleash and uh, and shoot, we saw from the second goal anyway what what he's able to do put the ball through Nader Monowoha's legs and uh, beat Nick Romando at the near post, which uh, I think a couple of years ago Nick would have probably saved. But uh, mm-hmm. oh well, he's uh, again in his final year and uh, and he got beat at the near post, which he's he's been beaten at the near post a few times this season, which is. Unlike Nick Romando, but regardless, it's happened, so uh, we must go on.
1: Uh, but Darren Quintero, Speno, ten goals, ten goals, five assists. He's really good, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's fun to watch, uh, and he's got RSL's number. He he likes playing against Real Salt Lake. Um, did so last season as well. Um, yeah, it's a good team, and, and I'm. I, I've always say this. I cannot stand Adrian Heath, the coach. Right. But they bought so well this off season. Um, you you look at Ozzy Alonso. Uh, Rolling back the years in central midfield. Eiko Para, my word he's sp- really good still. well, you think about how bad sports in Kansas City is. You saw the seven two result right. last night. they were missing a rather large center back that that marshals that back line, um, yeah, so they haven't replaced him, and, and they look terrible, and um, Minnesota have benefited a hundred percent. They can see they had twenty losses last season, Minnesota. They've had 10 so far.
0: This will be the first time under Adrian Heath. He took over at the end of 2016 when they're already out of the playoffs, and so he took over at the start of 2017. They they haven't made the playoffs under Adrian Heath until, mm-hmm. well, they will this year, I think it's fair to say. Oh, yeah, Although absolutely. it is a tight Western Conference, but they, they, they'll they make the playoffs. At this point, it's a matter of whether or not they have home-field advantage.
1: Yeah, and, and same for Real Salt Lake, you know, you're looking I think RSL make the playoffs, but you're looking at, can they get the home-field advantage? Which right. is that, that, that one game where we were in LAFC last season, we had a great time doing that down at the uh, Where were we? We were at at, a beer bar. Yeah, that was a a fun night. Um, But uh, to get the fans involved, I mean, going back to Minnesota, though, I mean, you look at the spine. They've changed, well, they've added to their spine. The goalkeeper, they spent big money on Vito Manani. Ike Parra from Sporting Kansas City and getting LZ Alonso from from Seattle. Uh, I mean, it's completely changed and it allows those attacking players. Uh, Mason Toy has been a a phenomenal player, by the way, uh, as a rookie. But you have um, Kevin Molino, you have Don Quintero. They don't... They don't have to work both sides of the ball as much. They have great protection, and then you 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 factor in uh, uh, Jan Gregoose. Uh, I think as Jan well.
0: Gregus is really
1: good, really, like, really uh, alongside good. Alongside Ozzy Alonso, p- not only provides protection, but he has nine assists on the season.
0: That's he, nuts. He's like a he's a, he's tall, he's big, he's like Demir Krylak esque built wise. He's got great touch, uh, and he controls that midfield, the speed and tempo of the game. He's kind of the. The driving force behind all that, he plays uh, his attacking players into space. Uh, I think Jan Gregus, uh, the Slovakian international, by the way, who often starts on the bench for Slovakia, he doesn't even get playing time.
1: That central midfield for Slovakia is as good as uh, any mid-tier European nation um, that you'll find, yeah. uh, and that's that's the reason why he's he's not able to to get as many uh, uh, as much playing time. Uh, as you would expect for someone that's that's been a top performer all uh, all throughout 2019,
0: he's been very good. I think another player that uh, he, he gets a fair bit of love, but he could get more is Mason Toye. I think Mason Toye. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Al-
0: alongside Darwin Quintero, are, uh, they're really really good. So they make these cross-patterned runs where, if Darwin Quintero has the ball or vice versa, the other player will make a run opposite of that and then they're able to find each other and play these beautifully touched and weighted through balls into space boy it was first 15 minutes of the game I know RSL scored in the 17th minute but it was against the run of play Mm -hmm. um, and Nick Romando came up with a couple big saves early on to keep the scores locked at 0-0 Albert Rusnak's goal in the 17th minute like I said against the run of play really strange sequence of events as well he found the ball top of the box uh pushed it to his right with his right peg and then finally unleashed only for it to essentially dribble into the bottom left-hand corner it it, it almost looked more like a pass than it did a shot he he clearly mishit it although the the field uh, the pitch itself was having a having a rough time with with the
1: players um yeah that that's Allianz field is is a wonderful looking stadium The grounds crew, though, have got their work cut out. They uh, need to reach
0: out to uh, Rio Tinto's grounds crew because the staff, the RTS grounds crew, who I believe you can follow on Twitter, I just don't know their handle, um, they do a terrific job with the carpet out there at Rio Tinto Stadium. But, yeah, what was going on? I mean, the pitch was getting turned up left, right and centre. There was... Divots. Big holes in the ground.
1: Lots lots of it was like a, a badly laid carpet, wasn't it? It was Strange. just like pulling up. But yeah, no, I mean it was the same for both teams, to be honest with you. But I mean, jeez. This is uh, a wonderful stadium. Get the pitch to uh to cooperate and, and you know, be something as wonderful as the stadium itself. Um great that that stand though with the uh the uh standing room, safe standing. Looks awesome.
0: It does. It, it looks really does. Um, quite a,
1: quite a sight. Fingers crossed, we'll see that in the south end zone uh, or south end zone, the south goal at Rio Tinto yeah. one day. One day that would be awesome.
0: That would be fun. Um, the 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 big and the glaring problem that I saw la- uh, yesterday, Sunday afternoon, was uh, was a simple one. Um, Minnesota beat RSL, but at the same time, RSL beat themselves. Um, and Danny talked about this, I believe, on on the on the broadcast in the second half, towards the end of the game, c- the conclusion of the game. He said, "Look, RSL turned this into a into a track meet, right? Which they did because some sloppy, sloppy turnovers allowed for great counter-attacking opportunities for Minnesota United, in which they were able to capitalize on. In fact, all three of the goals were were counter attacks. Um, there, there was no The build-up was quick, the build-up was fast, um, and they found space and they played each other in space. And and they were able to to punish Nick Romando and the RSL goal because of it. There was not one Minnesota goal, and there were three of them, in which the build-up from around the box was slow, methodical and patient. It was all quick fired passes with RSL running back desperately trying to defend in which they were unable to do so. And so to me, it was pretty simple. RSL uh, beat themselves more so than Minnesota beat RSL. RSL turned the ball over, Speno, uh, on a number of times, a number of occasions in which at the MLS level you cannot afford to do and especially when you're playing a team like Minnesota United and the talent they have up top – They will punish you because of it. I don't care who you play at this point. You could play Colorado. Colorado seemed to be in good form. You do it next week against the Revs. Now under Bruce Arena, he's changed that club around. Mm -hmm. You do it against them, you will be punished. And you'll be punished whether you play on the road or at home. You could have played that game at Rio Tinto Stadium and the result would have stayed the same because simply RSL could not possess the football or keep control of the football when they needed to. If you're going to turn the ball over, there are parts of the pitch to turn the ball over in and the centre of the pitch which is not one of them. RSL turned the ball over carelessly on a number of occasions and were punished because of it. If if, if if they somehow were able to not turn the ball over as frequently, this would have been a much closer game and maybe RSL would have had a chance to equalise or, uh, or potentially get the game winner right at the death. But RSL set themselves up, Spender. They're up 1-0, 17 minutes in. It's very rare you see a team come back from 1-0 to, to win and especially win in the manner that that Minnesota did to the, to the score of 3-1. I mean, I, I, I was very disappointed, I must admit, in the disposal efficiency from, from RSL. They, they were careless.
1: And, and you look at the stats, and, and this is where stats only tell part of the story. I mean, RSL uh, attempted, or, um, yeah, the total passes, more than, over 200 more than, than, uh, than Minnesota. They had better accuracy. Eighty-nine percent compared to eighty-one percent, um, and then they had you know just over sixty-one percent in possession. Stats only tell part of the story; they really do. It doesn't tell the story of the game. At no point did I think RSL were on top. At no point, right? Even when they were one-nil up,
0: you think, "Boy, if only they can hold. If only." And yeah. they so, score three minutes later, and you think, "What? What are we going <coughs> to do now? What's RSL going to counter with?"
1: It was the the. the And and Freddy Juarez was was pretty open about it in the postgame. You know, he took that one on the chin, uh, took that one uh, with regards to preparation and and, uh, the the match plan. I don't know, man. I mean, the last three games, I've been really less than impressed with with the lads. Uh, We've picked up three points out of the last possible nine. Um, Lucky to to get... um, the three points against San Jose, to be honest with you. Um, it wasn't until the introduction of uh, Savarino and Bofor Salcedo um, that RSL actually sparked into some kind of life. Now I realise that there was players missing, players that had played ridiculous Major League Soccer needs to sort out there and, and align with the, um, the international, the, the calendar, the FIFA calendar, um, because it's just dumb that people are, are coming back and, and trying to play. Um, after playing for their national teams um, with, with not much rest or, or huge, huge uh, travel. travel. Um, but the same, to be said, it's the same for everyone. Um, the same happened for San Jose, um, who were without their coach, um, who was bouncing around the stadium, I guess, but um, trying to find somewhere to sit and him moved out of various boxes. And whatnot. Did he
0: get kicked out in the air? Yeah,
1: yeah he, got, he got kicked out of a, a suite.
0: Because I was in the elevator with Matthias Almeida Prior to the game kicking off, and uh, we both went up to the fourth floor, and uh, and I thought, oh, that he's uh, he, he must be going to a box because he took a left up at the top. and then I saw a photo from your co-host on uh, ESPN 700 for pre halftime and post, and she she put a photo out. Lauren did um, of him sitting in the lobby, the, the lobby watching the game on the television. Yeah,
1: yeah, he just did, he just didn't have anywhere to go, which is. Poor planning, really. I mean, should if he was going to travel, they should have probably got him some seats. Because it wasn't a sellout, right? Um, so anyway, I, I, I just... There is a little bit of fatigue that's setting in. Um, again, if RSL are able to win out at home, uh, and Craig Weiball has talked about this, that the magic number to get into the playoffs is 50 points. On 46 points right now, if they win out at home, Um, against LA Galaxy and uh, Houston, then we don't have anything to talk about. I'd be very, very surprised if we get anything against New England. Going all the way over to the East Coast, playing on a plastic pitch. Bruce Arena they're fighting for their playoff lives as well I think they hold the last spot in the Eastern Conference uh, it's tight over there as well um, and then you're up on the final game of the season you've got Vancouver Whitecaps who are horrendous but again plastic pitch people that are fighting for their, their MLS lives uh, and new contracts and whatnot. So um, so there's, there's no givens here uh, but over those four games if, if RSL can pick up uh, six seven points then uh, not only will they be in the playoffs but uh, they'll have home field advantage in my opinion
0: um, Vancouver, by the way, do sit in last place in the Western Conference. Houston, who's uh, one of the other home games, is in 11th, just uh, four points ahead of Vancouver. Uh, we've talked about this briefly. I- I'm looking at the standings right now. It just blows my mind every time I do it. So, goal difference. You look at goal, <laughs> goal difference. So, the uh, Minnesota United have the second best goal differential in the Western Conference. They're at plus nine. Uh, 49 goals for, 40 goals against. Uh, The leader, uh, no surprise, LAFC. Weird. But the margin is unbelievable. Their goal differential is 44. (laughs) The next best is nine. They've scored 77 times and only allowed 38 goals against. I mean, 44 is just absurd, uh, considering their, uh, what is that, 15 points clear of the Seattle Sounders, who are in second place. So just... Mind-boggling. I've got uh, one player that I don't want to put on blast, but I will. Donny Toya needs to be better. Um, I think his issue throughout the course of this entire season has been his disposal. He has been uh, very poor, if I'm being brutally honest, at finding players in space and executing the pass. I mean, there are a lot of times where a simple pass will, uh, will be a turnover at the feet of Donny Toya. So that's something he needs to work with, and I'm sure Craig Weibel, the coaching staff, will be looking for left-backs to come in and compete for that swap, because right now it's Donny Toya. Donny Toya is the only left-back RSL have really available to them. And so, uh, although he can be great at times, I will admit he has shown moments of brilliance. His uh, his ability to put a ball into the area on the left-hand side with his left peg is fun to watch. Um, In fact, he created one of the better chances of the second half late in the game where he put a very, very tasty ball into the area to find the head of Brooks Lennon only for him to sky it. So uh, Donny Toya, although I, I, I do criticize him, um, I, I, do, I do also say that he has a, a lot of benefits that he brings to the team as well. It's just he turns the ball over too often, and we saw it again against Minnesota, and he's had a hard time. You go If you go to MLS scores... Uh, and uh it's on MLSsoccer.com. It's their match center. It's com. You can actually look at their... The, uh, it's called the Audi Index. And it ranks the players based on kind of everything that re- they were able to do. If you're a defender, you get points for clearances and interceptions. And when I write my weekly... um player rating piece where I, I kind of rank the players, if you will. Donny Toya is often in the negatives simply because he is unable to find teammates when he has the football. He turns it over a ton. He gets punished because of it on the Audi index, and RSL as a team get punished because of it as well. So, um, And then the other thing I want to mention is with Sam Johnson starting up top, and it's worth noting he played uh, both 90 minutes in uh, Liberia's... Uh, home and away against Sierra Leone, uh, he scored. Was it one? He scored one goal in two games, <laughs> um, and then of course a lot of travel um, because of it. He was playing a fair ways from Salt Lake City, so he only got 72 minutes. But the 72 minutes he was on the pitch for. He really didn't have anything to say, There wasn't mm-hmm. an, and, and part of the problem is, of course, Sam, right? You have to look at Sam himself and say, you need to be better. But with that being said, Sam is the type of striker that has a hard time creating opportunities himself. He's not all that good with the ball at his feet attacking defenders. He's, he relies heavily, Spenno, on the service provided. And the service provided, when, when Sam doesn't play well, is generally poor mm-hmm. like when he makes those runs trying to run off the shoulders of centre-backs and in and behind the back four of opposing teams you have to really consider the pass whether it's on the ground or in the air you just have to feed him and get him into the game and and create confusion to opposing back lines but against Minnesota they were unable to do that I just think the service from the midfield needed to be better for Sam Johnson to have any impact and. Um, and he was unable to. He end up coming off in the 72nd minute for, uh, I believe, Corey Baird. But Corey Baird and Joel Plata came on at the same time. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway.
1: No, I, th- I think you're right. I think he, he he's a forward that's going to thrive on service. And uh, we haven't done a good job for, for years, to be honest with you, providing um, consistent service for uh, our strikers. Um, that's why the goals are spread around. That's why the assists are spread around. I don't mind that so much. But you need um, uh, you need a player that's able to do a little bit by themselves. And we've seen some of the goals that, that Sam has scored that he's been able to take people on or, or stretch back lines, get in behind. Um, and then those scrappy, you know, uh, close-range finishes, you know, that we've been crying out for. But uh, we need to be a little bit more consistent. And, and again, uh, Sam's still adjusting. Um, and i think the the players are still adjusting to him a little bit um uh, but this off season is going to be going to be huge it was a stop start pre season where where a lot of your work is done um um, getting used to each other, uh, and it was very stop start with regards to the government shutting down and not being able to have a work permit. And then he gets that knock in pre season as well, so he was always playing a little bit of catch up. We've seen glimpses, we've seen glimpses from Albert Rusnag, Demir Krylak, Jefferson Savarino has been, uh, you know, pretty wonderful uh, this season, but uh, Bofo Salcedo, and, and you know, to to a lesser extent. Bofo Salcedo didn't even travel, no, he played 85 minutes for the uh, Monarchs.
0: But but why didn't he travel? Is my question. Because when he came on with Jefferson Saverino uh, towards the mm-hmm. end of the game against San Jose, midweek, I mean, mm-hmm. he was really really good.
1: Really yeah, he good. was. He was. I I mean, does he start on on uh, uh, yesterday? I'm not sure. I think I think uh, Joel Plata and, and Albert Rusnak, you know, would have uh, uh, been uh, uh, in better shape with regards to, to him playing on Monday for the under 23s. Um, Brooks Lennon did travel, but that was because he played quite well. He and played he- well, and Corey Baird is obviously fresh. He he played well. He didn't well, He played twenty five minutes on the Tuesday, so he's fresh. So, do you need another um, another attacking midfielder you, or sat on the bench? He gets eighty five minutes under his belt. A good five one victory for the Monarchs with Douglas Martinez getting four goals. Unreal. It's, it's almost like he was uh, born to play in Major League Soccer. Um, so anyway, he uh, I, I get it. It, it, it sucks, but I get it. He gets a good 85 minutes under his belt. got a full week of training, no traveling, and you'd expect him to be there or thereabouts for or in contention for a start against New England.
0: Uh, as we look at some of the results quickly that occurred over the weekend that <sighs> were important to RSL, New York City FC were at home against San Jose. They beat them 2-1, so that's back-to-back losses now. For the Earthquakes, after their midweek loss mm. to RSL. Uh, Surprisingly, Portland Timbers at home, who are very good at Providence Park, lost to D.C. United 1-0. It was an own goal as well that lifted D.C. to a very big win over Portland. That helps RSL out. Uh, You were thinking, RSL, hopefully if they can pick up a point or three on the road against Minnesota United, they'll solidify a spot in the top four they were unable to do so we've talked about that Seattle end up beating the Red Bulls at home for two and then li- late last night the Galaxy thumped the uh, sporting Kansas City who are horrendous this season to the, s- to the tune of 7-2 Zlatan Ibrahimovic had a hat-trick in that game Uh very <sighs> good theatre at its finest. Uh, Predictions. Spano, RSL have a full week now to recover, rest, get back on the practice pitch, and prepare for a talented New England Revolutions team. Uh, On the road, Bruce Arena, we mentioned briefly how he's changed that club. Uh, entirely, They're fighting for a playoff spot now as I pull up the Eastern Conference standings. They're in seventh, so they have yep. the last spot in the Eastern Conference. They're three points clear of Montreal, who are in eighth, and just one point shy of the New York Red Bulls, who are in sixth. So uh, your thoughts for uh, next Saturday out there in New England?
1: Yeah, um I am not positive for, the, for this one. Usually I, I'm quite positive for RSL, but uh, there's definitely a need for all three points, 100%, but it's for Bruce Arena as well and the New England Revolution. Plastic pitch, the long travel. I think RSL takes a 2-1 loss on this one.
0: Wow, okay, we were thinking similar. If you're going 2-1, I will go more optimistic. I was going to say 2-1, but I can't follow you, so I'll go 2-2. I, I hope RSL can score Uh, at the death and pinch a point out there in New England. It would be a massive point if they were able to do so. Spenno, it's been a pleasure. Always. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, To all our listeners, we appreciate and thank you for listening as well. Check Spenno out on Twitter at Spenno underscore 77. You can catch me at Tom Can't Hackett. Until, uh, well, until next week, we'll say so long and goodbye.